Good morning, Harbor City Church. How was everybody today? What a great turnout. God is growing our church, isn't he? And the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Amen. Hey, a few announcements. My name's Cameron. I'm the youth pastor here. And uh, uh, before we jump into today's sermon, I have a few announcements. What is happening next Sunday? Wow. Other things I didn't know about. Men's, or I, I, we're not my announcement. Men's brunch. That's very good. Father's Day is next week. Right? I'm right. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? <laughs> no, okay, good. Um, cool prizes, giveaways. If you're not here, you can't win. So you have to come to win. Um, also, we are doing a prime summer internship for our fourth year in a row. Harbor City Youth sponsors that. And it's a four-year series of video lectures by Portland Bible College professors. We go over doctrine, worldviews, and discipleship. We do about 18 topics. Here's a few hot picks that we're going to be looking at this summer. How about these? Mental health. How many of you know that's worth checking out? Media consumption. Send your high schooler, right, for that. How about this? Sanctity of life. Can we say amen to that? Yeah. So that is starting July 5th, and it goes for three weeks, and we just meet Wednesday and Fridays, twice a week, 9 to noon, 9 a.m. to noon. So sign up for that. I think we already have seven, eight, nine of us already enrolled. We might even outgrow the classroom that we've registered for, which actually I think that would be a great problem. So come on out for that. A couple more announcements. Um, Sunday, July 2nd. After second service, 12.30 p.m., we are going to have baptisms and barbecue. We did it last year. It's a lot of fun. Uh, what do we have? I, bounce houses, fun games, and uh, most importantly, baptisms. Uh, church is providing the hamburgers, the hot dogs. Uh, and then based on your last name, you can bring a dessert or a side appetizer, something like that. Now, if you would like, if you've recently given your life to the Lord, or you've been serving the Lord for a while, or you want to make a rededication of your life to Jesus, sign up for to be baptized in the Connection Center. We would love to baptize you. You can also sign up on our website. And finally, after service today, the Harbor City Church Donut Ministry is having some hot, fresh Harbor City Donuts. So let's get, let's get into that. All right. You have your notes. Psalm 23. We'll be doing a two-part series on Psalm 23. And the sermon this morning is titled, The Good Shepherd. And um, next week I'll be speaking as well for Father's Day. That's going to be a little bit different topic. But we're going to do Psalm 1 through 3 today. We're going to do Father's Day special, powerful, anointed message. And then we'll finish up the third week. Uh, with the, the second part of Psalm 23. Let's open with prayer. Father, we just thank you for this morning. I really sense breakthrough in here this morning. I really sense that. And so, God, we thank you that your, your, your word tells us that you sent your word and healed them. And so, God, we just thank you right now for the ministry of your word. Open our hearts that we'd comprehend your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, a little bit about me. Um, a little bit. I, I got a bachelor's degree in ceramics. I like to just say that. I just, I'm the only guy in the house that has a bachelor's degree in ceramics, like ever. I think in my whole university, there was, 
three ceramic majors, me and my buddy Taryn. All right. I drove garbage truck. I'm a, my wife is like a third, fourth generation preacher. I'm third, fourth generation garbage man. I drove garbage truck up into my 30s. Then I went back to school and got my Master of Fine Arts degree in painting at Arizona State University, and I teach the Bible. So we do ceramics, garbage, painting, and, and Bible. So do you guys, can you guys see the common thread there? Right. Yeah, no, I don't either. Jesus, right? Jesus is, is the common thread on all that. Bibles and burgers? I wasn't flipping burgers. All right. Now, let's talk a little ceramics first, and then we'll, we'll, we'll see if it, it should make sense with David. All right. If somebody came to me and said, Cameron, I'm, I am into ceramics, now that would tell me a lot about the person. I could ask them, do you do low fire? Do you do high fire ceramics? Do you reduc- reduction firing? Oxidation firing? Maybe you do raku firing. Anybody ever even heard of raku firing? Working with an open flame and tongs and big leather, gu- leather gloves, it's a lot of fun. I do that at my house once a summer. And um, if you're interested, talk to me. You can come out. We can do a raku fire. It's pretty cool. Just don't get burned. Okay? Uh, and you, if you said, Cameron, I do ceramics, I could ask you, do you do functional wear? Do you make bowls and pots and mugs? Or do you do uh, figurative work? Do you do sculptures, things that are pretty to look at, and you can set them on a shelf, but they really don't serve a whole lot of function, do they? Except, what do they, they please your eye, I guess? I don't know. What does sculpture do? It just incites. Somebody said inspires, engages the senses. Yeah. So I could talk to you about ceramics based on my experiences with ceramics. Now, there's a scripture in Isaiah chapter 64, verse 8, that says, We are the, pl- we are the clay, and you are our potter. Wow. We're all the work of your hand. So now they know, man, God says, I, I, we, we, he's a potter. That gives me some understanding that we're the clay. So I know that God shapes us. God takes us. He forms us. And I've worked with clay. And I know if you get a little hard and a little brittle, you can re-moisten the clay. You can put some water on it and soften it up. I do know that to make pottery functional, you have to run it through a fire or extreme heat. So that means that God, he, he would run us through some fire maybe or some extreme heat to, to purify us. But there's a, there's a shared understanding there. There's a shared experience. All right, I, I understand pottery. I've done, I have a bachelor's degree in pottery. That means when I go to the farmer's market this summer, maybe I can raise the price of my mugs from $35 to $40 a mug because I'm big time now. That's what we do. Now I'm going to do a shift here. Now we're going to talk about David, but we'll bring this back around. Who was King David? Any thoughts? Any ideas? He was a shepherd. Okay, that's a good one. Huh? Anointed. What? A worship. See, these are good. See, these aren't in my notes, but these are good things. He's a worshiper. A giant slayer. All right. Now, now here's what I have. David was a man of war. He was a, no, but you guys have added to this list. This is very good. He was a psalmist. He was a musician. The Bible says that he was a man after God's own heart, right? He eventually became king, but he, thank you, Matthew, he started out as a shepherd boy, didn't he? All right. This, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, it says this. This is in the voice version. I like this version. He said, I work as a shepherd for my father. 
Whenever a lion or a bear has come and attacked one of my lambs, I have gone after it and struck it down to rescue the lamb from the predator's mouth. If it turned to attack me, I would take it by the chin, I would beat it, and I would kill it. Boy, I like that kind of action. We might need to get into some of that action here, right? Spiritually, not physically. Spiritually, just make a distinction there. I have killed both a lion and a bear, and as your servant, I will kill this uncircumcised Philistine. He's talking about Goliath, right? I will kill him too, since he has dared to taunt the armies of the living God. David knew something about looking after lambs, didn't he? He was a shepherd. He speaks from experience. This isn't some secondhand information. When somebody says, Cameron, I do ceramics, I know we can have some dialogue. I I understand your experience. And David said he was a shepherd, wasn't he? So he knows about shepherding. He took the lambs. He protected them. He fed them. He nurtured the lambs. He tended to them. Maybe he talked to them. Maybe he even named them. He probably knew the unique personalities of the lambs and the sheep. All right. Now, here we go. We're in Psalm 23. And we're going to read through the psalm. And this is, I wanted, I wanted to speak on this because this is, all, the whole Bible's profitable. It's inspired by God, right? But th- this verse touches my heart. I, this verse min- can minister to us in so many different ways, in so many different seasons of our life. And I think this is a good uh, psalm that you could probably you should commit to memory. All right. Psalm 23, a psalm of David. He says this, the Lord is my shepherd. And I like how he lays that out because now here's the guy is a shepherd talking about a shepherd. So this isn't some secondhand information now. We have David who says, I am uniquely qualified to communicate and understand the shepherd's ministry. But so is God. The Lord is my, actually he says, I've been a good shepherd, but the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Just listen to these words, and I'll I'll share a lot, and I'll teach a lot this morning, but guess what? The Holy Spirit is teaching you too. He's going to be talking to you as I'm talking as well. Verse 4, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow. There's kind of a rap and a rhyme and a meter to this. I never get past it. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, uh, this is bad rap, isn't it? This 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 is bad. This is bad stuff. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and my cup runs over. Did I get off a little bit? You anoint my head with oil. I better slow down. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. The Lord is my shepherd. And if you read that yourself, you would read it out loud and say, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Who is the Lord? Right? Because that's the first thing he says, the Lord. Well, who's the Lord? Who's the Lord? The Lord is the Lord God? Well, certainly. 
Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. I'm going to lay out a little doctrine here. I'm sure it's already been laid, but I think this is good. I've had youth come to me as a, as a youth pastor and say, who is God? I think that's a fair question. We worship the Lord. We, we sing God and Lord. Well, who is God? Check this out. God is the supreme being, the creator and ruler of all that is, who is perfect in power, goodness, and wisdom. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. God is one, but he exists as three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We don't forget the Holy Spirit. No way. God is infinite, incomparable, and unchanging. God is present everywhere at all times, knows everything, and has all power and authority. God is just, loving, truthful, and holy. God shows compassion, mercy, and grace. God judges sin, doesn't he? But also offers forgiveness. Come on now. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is good stuff. God created the world and sustains the world, God draws people to Christ. God came to earth in the person of his son, Jesus. Matter of fact, Jesus said this. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Philip came to him. Jesus, if you would just show us the Father, I mean, that would be enough for us. You guys pick up on this now. Look at me, Jesus. If Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What's the Father like? Like Jesus. That's great news. Watch this. It's only through the Son that we can have forgiveness of sins, reconciliation with God, and eternal salvation. So to know, to know God, we look to Jesus. All right. The Lord is our shepherd. The Lord our God. All right. In your notes, what does a shepherd do? Because the Lord's our shepherd. Well, it's a shepherd. What, what, what about a shepherd? Well, he feeds us, doesn't he? Will God feed you naturally? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's great that we have food to eat. And matter of fact, we've got the donut ministry happening today. So the Lord is our shepherd. The Lord is going to feed us. We love that. Now, God also feeds us spiritually, right? Man can't live on bread alone but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. How many of you have had some food today? We got a light. Well, you guys are like non-breakfast dudes here. That's fine. How many of you will have some food today? Okay, some of you will. All right. Now watch this. I, I made this. I want to make a statement. What physical food is to our physical body, the word of God is to our spirit. Now, on the screen, there's a quote here. I, I read the book. This is a, I, rec, I, I don't think I've ever really recommended many books here, but this is a, this is a recommend. It's called Christ the Healer, uh, or F.F. F. Bosworth was the author of a book called Christ the Healer. It's a great, it's a great book. And he, he made this quote. He goes, some people wonder why they can't have faith for healing. They feed their body three hot meals a day and their spirit one cold snack a week. Now, I'm not saying that to be critical. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to be critical. Somebody's like, yeah, you are. No, I'm not being critical. Guys, we need some food for our body. Our spirit is hungry. 
Our spirit wants some food. Our spirit wants to eat. And we can't live on just eating the donuts. We love the donut ministry. Thank you, donut ministry. But we need some food for our spiritual body. There was a guy named Smith Wigglesworth. They called him, he was the apostle of faith. He was raising people from the dead. Dave Bryan was here a few, talking about some ministries that raise people from the dead. How many of you would like to raise some people from the dead? Come on. Hey, oh, I'm getting excited now. Uh-oh. I brought this stool up, but I'm having a hard time sitting in it. This is our day. This is our hour. This is our finest hour. Come on. We're going to go out. We're going to heal the sick. We're going to raise the dead. We're going to cleanse the leper. The, the, the deaf are going to hear. The blind are going to see. This is our part and our portion. Can you believe for that? All right, I got off track. Smith Wigglesworth, he raised a few people from the dead. When, when guys start raising people from the dead, I start paying attention, man. What? What's so, like, what, what, man, you know what? And here's, oh, here's, some, here's a couple things about Smith I like. They said, hey, do you pray for like an hour every day? He goes, I don't know if I've ever prayed for more than an hour, but I never go for more than an hour without praying. Hey. That wasn't a religious uh, action, was that was just a relation, uh, uh, ongoing dialogue with God. But he would sit down to, to eat a meal, and, and this is what I read. And um, after his meal, lunchtime, whatever, he would break his Bible out. And, and I'm not saying, not saying now you need to do this, but he would read some scripture too. He fed his physical body, but he fed his spirit too at the same time. That's pretty good. You know what? You can meditate on the word too. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you should, you shall meditate in it day and night. So you can like, well, I have my Bible. Well, do you have some scriptures that you've memorized? You can just meditate on that word. All right, what does the shepherd do? He feeds us. So God is our feeder, isn't he? Physically, spiritually. Number two, in your notes, a shepherd protects us. David, as a shepherd, killed the lion and the bear. God is also looking after us. You know, God is a protector for you. Psalm 28, 7 says this, the Lord is my strength and my shield. That's a defense. Is it? God is a shield for us. As I'm reading through some of these scriptures, I was thinking, I think God has shielded us from maybe more than we're even aware of. <clears throat> I remember when I was in high school, I was a senior and my younger brother Adam was a freshman and he got tangled up with the bully. One of the senior dudes. Yeah, that's right. Oh my goodness. And so my brother Adam came to me, because I'm the big brother now. I'm the senior. I'm big, rough, and tough. I was probably 5'9", a buck, a buck 45. I've done well. I, I told you God feeds us. Okay, so anyway, get away from that. So my brother Adam came to me and says, I'm getting bullied by the bully. Well, I knew the bully, so I had to go confront the bully. I don't think I like doing that a whole lot. I'm not that guy. <laughs> I'm not a brawler, but I went to the bully and said, my, that's my brother. I think I must've had a mean face. I don't know what happened. It was probably a really awkward moment. Don't mess with my brother. I was so glad he didn't want to throw down. I didn't want to throw down. And he goes, it's all good. No, we're good. It's fine. You know, just hazing or whatever. So laid off, but I was a shield for my brother. God is a shield for us, Genesis 51, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision saying, do not fear, Abram, I'm a shield to you. I know we haven't really talked, I don't think I've ever hear, heard a sermon about the shielding ministry of the Lord. This is great. He's a shield. Psalm 33:20. 20, 
The Lord is our shepherd, right? Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. You know what? Maybe you've never really been shielded by the Lord. I would encourage you to come under the shelter, under the cover, under the shadow of the Almighty God and let him be a shield for you. You've been out for too long. You've been exposed. You've been in the dark. You've been in the cold. You've been fighting by yourself. I think the counsel is come on under the shield of the Lord. He is a shield for you. Number three, tens, nurtures, and heals. The Lord is our shepherd. These are good, this is good news for us. He feeds us. He protects us. I remember when I was in college at Central Washington University getting my ceramics degree. Anybody lived in Ellensburg ever? Yes. I got a guy. All right. Kind of a guy. You did a little bit, Matthew, didn't you? A little bit. Okay, so we got a couple, got a couple Ellensburgians. Ellensburgers. I guess you call them Ellensburgers. We were Ellensburgers. And uh, it's cold in Ellensburg. Where is Central Washington University? It's like the state, in the central part of the state, okay? Central Washington. It was cold. And uh, I had a room on uh, a house. Uh, we rented a house on Sprague Street. And uh, my buddy Brian that I, I, I lived with, he had a dog named Blue. And we called Blue. This isn't a funny story. This isn't a good story. This is a, kind of a sad story, okay? And he had a dog named Blue. And we called Blue the Blue Boy. Where's the Blue Boy? And every time a bison, it was an Australian shepherd. This story came to mind because God's a shepherd, and, the, and then the blue boy was an Australian shepherd. And every time a bicyclist would drive by our house, and if you're in a college town, everybody's on bicycles about, blue boy would run off and run after the bicyclist. Well, it was cold in Ellensburg, and so that winter we went out to get a cord of wood for our wood stove. And I can't remember, but my buddy Brian had a blue pickup. It was either a Chevy or a Ford. Any Chevy guys here? Any Ford guys here? Okay. Which one's better? And I'll stay, I'll stay away from I'll stay away from, I drive them both, and I know which one's better. I know which one's better. So we go out. I just cause the problems up here. All right. So we went out. We got a cord of wood. And we came back, and we're unloading the cord of wood from our pickup truck. You know, we're just chucking wood, chucking wood out the back, chucking wood. And the blue boy, he kept trying to chase the wood. He wanted to bite the wood. He's like, get blue boy out of here. Blue boy needs to be inside. Blue boy is going to get hurt. And I happened to be the guy that chucked the wood. And I caught blue boy on the leg. You know the sound? I don't like that sound. I broke blue boy's leg. And David went and he picked up the blue boy. Pastor Doug's like, why are you sharing this story? I don't know. It, just, it was the blue boy. God's our shepherd. And, and Brian picked up the blue boy, took him to the doctor, and he got a cast, and he nurtured him back to health. Come on, that's tens, nurtures, and heals. Now watch. God sees our pains, our fears, and our struggles. He sees where you're broken. So David and my, my buddy Brian, my, my roommate Brian, he's the shepherd. He's the good shepherd. I'm not the good shepherd in this story. Brian was the good shepherd. He sees where you're broken. It maybe wasn't even your own fault, okay? But he wants to take you in his arms. He wants to mend you and bring you and restore you back to health. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I think that begs the question, is the Lord your shepherd? 
That's a choice that you make. Let's move on. Psalm 23, 1 through 3. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. Now, do you think in any way this verse could be talking about Jesus? I remember listening to Dr. Cho once, and Dr. Cho was a pastor in South Korea, pastored, I think, about a million people, and he was preaching once, and he says, and I'm not going to try to do a Korean accent, he goes, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of always the Lord Jesus Christ will be with me. And I thought, well, that's an interesting statement, because this is talking about Psalm 23, but is referring to the valley of the shadow of death, but he said, always Jesus will be with me. And I thought, is that, does that hold up scripturally? I'm going to make this statement. It's in your notes. Jesus is concealed in the Old Testament and revealed in the New Testament. I'm going to show you a companion verse based off of the Good Shepherd. It says this. In John chapter 10, verse 9 through 11, it says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. He will be saved. I am going to pause on that word because this word is so crucial to us. It's in your notes. It's the Greek word sozo. I know we think of a salvation experience, but the word saved in Greek has so much more connotation. It means to be delivered, restored, healed, and rescued. He saves us. And you will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Watch this. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Jesus is our good shepherd, isn't he? The Lord is our shepherd. Jesus is our shepherd. And guess what? He is the door, isn't he? We have to go through the door. We have to go through Jesus. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved, delivered, restored, healed, and rescued. He is the good shepherd, isn't he? He is the door. Now, do you know that Jesus is the door, but that we also have a door in our lives? Revelation 3.20 says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door the door of our heart, I will come into him and I with, and, and dine with him and he with me. Jesus is the door and he wants to come into the door of our lives. When I was in, in high school, Seaholm High School in Bellingham, Washington, um, I just want to preface this by saying I didn't know the Lord. I didn't know Jesus. Um, I did do Awanas for a brief year. I don't remember. I was seven years old or eight years old or not. I don't really remember. And uh, just, just for a few months. But really, I, I didn't know Jesus. I didn't go to church. I wouldn't be considered like a, a church kid, not by any means. And so I didn't know about the door of Jesus. And um, I, I, looking for, I think, a different experience or looking for answers or trying to find peace or a sense of, I don't know the right word, safety. I started, I started snorting drugs. I, I started, I got, yeah, I got into, I started using drugs, basically. I started off by taking some upper prescription drugs. They weren't prescribed to me. Yeah, they weren't prescribed to me. And then I started, so then I was like this, it was a, like an upper. 
I started getting real, real buzzed, and I, they didn't have monsters and all that back then. And this would be something way different than that anyways. But I was looking for something. I was looking for peace. I was looking for rest. I was, started just taking synthetics, right? So then finally, I guess in school, they, somebody knew that I liked taking drugs. So this kid comes up to me, and he goes, man, I got some drugs. You know, the, he, he got these. I remember it's like this white generic box. And he said he got them in Canada. And I think what they, I didn't even know what they were. He goes, oh, you'll like these. Oh, sweet. So then I started eating these pills, and they were like a downer. I think, the, I think it turned out they were some sort of codeine or something like that. So I started in class, started eating these codeine pills in high school, probably about 16 years old. I don't know if you've ever taken codeine, but, man, I, I would be in class just doing one of those things. It doesn't seem like a very smart thing to do in class. I mean, I don't imagine history, being, history class being that exciting or whatever. And, then, and here I am take, t- starting to take pills. I would come home from school, I would come into my door, I'd walk into my dining room, I would take my backpack off, and I would fall down and just crash out on the floor for hours at a time, getting rest, getting peace, no, getting delivered, no. I would still, getting a rug I guess what, I would wake up and I would still have stress, Still have anxiety, still have nervous thoughts, right? That's the wrong door, isn't it? That's not the door that leads to life. That's not the door to rest and restoration and healing. I remember a preacher shared once when he was a young kid, he started eating, he was in his backyard, wherever he was, he started eating dirt. He started eating dirt as a kid. Finally, his mom said, we're well, going to take you to get checked out at the doctor. And the doctor said, his body's looking for something. His body's lacking some nutrient. He's, he's trying to eat something because he's trying to find something. Guys, we need to find Jesus. Our body, we're looking for something. Other things we might let through the door of our heart to bring rest, peace, and life, to bring peace that only Jesus can might be alcohol. Now, I'm not saying there's something wrong with a cold beer. I don't want to say that. But we start getting intoxicated or dependency where we're, we're needing rest and peace. That's the wrong door to go through. Maybe we get into drugs. It could be relationships. And if I just had a, a girlfriend or a boyfriend, that would, that would be the cure-all. Maybe binge-watching Netflix. Nothing necessarily wrong with Netflix, Right? but it's because we're lacking peace and rest for our soul. Video games, sleep. And I'm not trying to be be religious here. I'm just asking us to be introspective. Is we're trying to substitute anything for Jesus, the good shepherd who is true rest for our souls. Shopping or possessions. Maybe you're like me. Activities and business. I'm just going to stay busy. I just like staying busy, just doing things. Is, this is in your notes. Is there anything you may be letting into the door, the door of your heart to bring peace and rest that only Jesus can satisfy? He is the door, isn't he? And he's knocking on the door of our life. We had a really awesome prayer time this last Wednesday here at the church. Uh, Pastor Jamie did a really great job leading that. And what did we do? Well, we came in and we worshiped. Had, I don't know, one, two, three songs. And then what did you do? Well, we sat there. 
Yeah? For like a minute? No. We just waited. Like two minutes? No. Like five minutes? I think it was longer than that. We just waited. Waited on the good shepherd. Going through the door to Jesus. And he's knocking on our door too. And he's, we're supping together. John 14, 27 says this. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. I made this, I wrote this statement. The peace that Christ gives is not that of the world, nor does he give it the way the world gives. The world's peace is shallow, unsatisfying, and temporary, while Christ's peace rests deep in the heart, is always satisfying, and will abide forever. The world offers peace through outward means. Christ gives peace that dwells in the heart. True rest is only found in God. He is the good shepherd. John 14, 6 says this, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the door. By the way, he is not a way or a truth. If he was a way, then that means that there might be other ways. Maybe Buddha's the way. Maybe we could study Confucius. Maybe Taoism's the way. No, no. Guys, he is the way, the truth, and the life. In Psalm 23, uh, verse 1, in the New Living Translation, watch this. It says this, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. What do you need? It can always be found in Jesus. He has everything that you need. David is saying that the Lord leads us to green pastures. He leads us beside the still waters. He restores our soul. This is an invitation to receive peace and rest that can only be found in Jesus. Now, listen to me here. No matter where we we are at in our spiritual walk, we could be pre-Christians here today. We could be new believers. We just recently asked Jesus into our heart. Or we could be mature in the mature in the Lord, Jesus is always the answer for everything that we need. The Lord is our shepherd. Is he your shepherd? Do you want rest, peace, and tranquility for your soul? You simply need to ask Jesus to come into your heart. And he says this, behold, I stand at the door and knock. I'd like everybody to stand with me. like everybody should bow your head right now. The Lord, the Lord is a shepherd, but the question is, is the Lord your shepherd? David said, the Lord is my shepherd. And Jesus is the door to salvation, to peace, to life, to health, to restoration. If you would like to ask Jesus to come into your heart today and make him your shepherd, I'd like you just to raise your hand right now. Say, the Lord, I see those hands. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Good. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He's going to lead you beside the still waters. He's going to restore your soul. Goodness and mercies is going to follow you all the days of your life, and you're going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
Those of you online as well, this is the time to make a commitment in your heart to Jesus. You can even raise your hand in your living room where you are. I'm gonna pray. What I'd like you to do is just repeat after me. Say, Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, to die in my place. Jesus, be my Lord, my boss, my savior, my friend, and my king. Lead me by the way I should go all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm gonna give the Lord a hand. We love to plunder hell and populate heaven. Come on. Angels are, by the way, angels are rejoicing right now. That's what the Bible says. What I'd like to do right now, I'd like to invite our prayer team to come forward this morning. And if you have a prayer need, I think this is a great day to, for healing as well. I'd like to encourage you, if you have a physical need, I think this is a good day to come up and ask someone to lay hands on you. We have some anointing oil if you want, and we can pray for you. If you've just given your life to Jesus today, we also have some materials for you, a New Testament Bible. We'd love to pray for you and give those to you. So I invite you to come forward as well. We're gonna worship for a few moments.